Hi, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and welcome to episode two of Coaches Clubhouse season two, the COVID year, where we're talking to coaches from all over the sports world about how they dealt with everything that they faced over some of the most chaotic times of everyone's lives. This week, we're talking to Baylor men's basketball coach, Scott Drew. He took over a program racked by scandal 18 years ago and has guided the Bears to the top of the college basketball world. They were set to enter March Madness in 2020 with the number one seed, the best team in school history, and a chance for their first men's basketball championship. But all of that changed when the COVID-19 pandemic shut down sports and canceled the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. I talked to Drew about how he reacted when the sport was suspended, how he kept up with his players during the lockdown, what it feels like to be starting an NCAA tournament again, and how the crazy year has brought out the best in both players and coaches. Now, here's my interview with Baylor men's basketball coach, Scott Drew. So let's go back to the moment where sports shut down because March Madness shutting down was really that coupled with Rudy Gobert was the beginning in, in kind of the reality of COVID for a lot of people. It was the, the first shock to the system. Where were you when you first realized the tournament was in doubt? Yeah. So I, I remember uh, we're watching uh, uh, the first round game at uh, uh, the Sprint Center in Kansas City and our players are all sitting in a row right in front of us. And all of a sudden, like three or four turned around at the same time and they said, Rudy Gobert tested positive and they're suspending the NBA season. And like when it was, it was like, you know, everyone's on their phone all the time and everybody got it at the same time. Everyone looked, looked back at us at the same time and we're like, what? And, and then all of a sudden it became uh, uh, a, a big concern because up to that point, the only thing that, that besides hearing this uh, uh, COVID was, was a serious uh, disease was the fact that maybe we wouldn't have crowds in the arena. So, I mean, the last thing you ever thought about was suspending or postponing um, because quite frankly, you know, coaches, when it's season time, we're not listening to too much in the news or watching it. It's all with our team. And, and you knew you'd heard about COVID, but you didn't know any of the details and just how, how severe um, the pandemic would become and all that. But, the Rudy thing, I remember vividly. And at that point, uh, I remember our, our coaching staff thought um, we might not have a Big 12 tournament. We might not have an NCAA tournament. And then the next day, we're prepared to go to our shoot around and we get the call. No, no longer is there a Big uh, uh, 12 tournament. And we go up to our rooms. I was talking to a couple coaches about ideas or possibilities or thoughts for the NCAA tournament. And next thing you know, on social media, everyone finds out no NCAA tournament. Uh, so things move really, really quick. So you, you find that out. Are, are you with your team in that moment? Yeah. I mean, because uh, like this is something that's never happened, right? So, yeah. so no one has a playbook of, of how you handle it. I wonder, you know, you were poised to be a one seed. Like yeah. what did that moment is actually like? Yeah, yeah. For, first time in school's history, you're poised to be a one seed. There's no <laughs> tournament, you know. Yeah. But uh, but uh, uh, right away, once we found out the NCAA tournament was canceled, we wanted to get all our guys in. Uh, you want to be the one breaking the news rather than everybody hearing it. Because if, 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 if people are upset, you want to be there to comfort them. And uh, obviously everyone was, was, was upset and devastated. But we all met downstairs, um, just thanked them for an incredible uh, uh, season. And, and we always 
when you lose your last game or when the season's over, you always thank right away your seniors for their contributions. And I wanted to make sure we still could do that um, before we left uh, Kansas City. And we all did that. And before it got emotional, one of our seniors said, hey, coach, um, let's just talk about all the positives. 23 straight uh, wins in a row, um, being ranked number one longer than any, uh, anyone in school's history. Just start going over all the accomplishments right away. It, 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 it turned into something real positive. And um, at, at that point, we, you know, you come back to campus and uh, you feel for the seniors that, that never had a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. But we were blessed. We had so many guys come back this year because a lot of them wanted an opportunity to uh, uh, play in an NCAA tournament. And, and now we're going to get that knock on wood. <laughs> um, so, so then you, you're sending them home, right? And, and at that point, maybe you think it's just going to be a few weeks. I mean, I remember the, that phase of the quarantine. We're all like, I remember like I bought a plant on day nine. I was like counting them, you know, for the first two weeks. Um, what, so, so, so you send them home. How long were you ultimately like not with your guys? Well, and that, that was, as you, you remember, uh, uh, the first thing everyone was trying to do is get toilet paper. Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> so, yes. But, but, uh, 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 through, I mean, we stay in constant contact with our guys and make, make sure they were doing okay, making sure they were keeping up with their studies and uh, um, everything. But really like everybody in the, in the rest of the world trying to see would seniors get an extra year? Um, would there be summer school? Would there be a season the next year? Like what was going to happen? And as, as, as we had several guys that were testing the waters. So we didn't know if, if there was going to be trying to coordinate with them, NBA tryouts, uh, workouts, uh, is there a draft combine, just working through all of that. And then as, a, as, as the summer wore on, we knew second semester, basically in July, everybody was going to get, get the kids back on campus. For us, we, we wanted to wait and make sure everything was safe. We waited a little bit longer and, uh, um, uh, once we had the ducks in a row and knew it was a safe environment, we brought everybody back and we had, uh, uh, we're blessed because we have a lot of guys returning uh, from last year's team. And hence, we've had a great year where uh, first conference championship since 1950, first time undefeated at home since 1948. And most of all, um, guys that have not had a chance to play in an NCAA tournament, they will this year. So let's go back to the, the period of time where um, everyone's at home. And I'm, I'm curious, A, how you kind of, like you mentioned, keeping tabs on guys, making sure they're getting their schoolwork done. Um, I remember that was the phase where, like, there was no way to buy weights. People were trying right. to do, you know, just, like, put potatoes in a backpack to work out. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. So, like, how are you able to do any sort of team activities are you I mean this is when everyone learned how to zoom right so like wh what what did that look like when you're trying to stay connected well for 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 us um uh why we're successful we have a lot of guys that uh, find ways to work out if it's uh, uh if there was an outdoor park if there was a high school gym that they had keys to or whatnot uh, a lot of our guys were able to find places to work out and then with uh, uh, our coaches, it was probably harder on our coaches' wives than anybody else because, <laughs> like, I was the PE teacher, and my wife fired me several times. PE either went too long or <laughs> – but, but uh, uh, we, we all adjusted to life at home. We, we adjusted to the Zoom. And with us, uh, as long as our guys were doing okay academically and anyone that needed help with uh, uh, a workout routine, whatever the NCAA allowed us to do, our strength coach – Charlie Melton would provide them, but we were blessed that 
guys were able to to find places to work out and stayed in shape. And then when we came back in July, that's when we were able to uh, slowly get everyone back on the same page. Um, but if you if you had a team of guys that were kind of lazy and didn't like to work out, you'd really been in trouble because they would all come back about 30 pounds heavy. What did you do outside of being the PE teacher? What else, what, how else did you pass the time? I'm sure, have you, have you ever been home that long? Never, on this? never. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean college that, coaches, that you're on the road. Adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, uh, all the coaches' wives were most happy in July when we had to go back to work. <laughs> but but uh, um, it, it was a blessing to spend a lot more time with your, with your kids and your family than you normally are permitted. And, and especially, as you know, once season ends, you go right to recruiting. And that's that's one of the busiest times of the year for you. So with us, we did a lot of recruiting, but we did it via Zoom and uh, uh, as as most schools did. And uh, that allows you to get a workspace upstairs. And and once you're done with that, you're you're able to, to play with the kids, uh, uh, help them with their homework or do whatever around the house, the honey do lists. And uh, my wife was pretty good at giving me a good list to do. And <laughs> I tried to I tried to, to say, uh, yes, ma'am, and do everything I could. <laughs> When you're recruiting virtually, how do you like? How is it different? I mean, I think that it's been such it's been such a big deal that the dead period kept getting extended, and that you couldn't actually be in person with these athletes. Like, what is lost or what is gained when you're doing something that's different? Good question. Because uh, um, normally you do a home visit and you show up, and when you travel, uh, uh, plane flight, whatever, normally. our home visits take a little bit longer because uh, 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 usually you, you, the small talk, then you get in your presentation, then you small talk and you leave. With Zoom, it, it's it's so much more structured because a lot of times people have other Zoom calls or they don't want to be on the Zoom call. So really, it's it's you get to business and you get done, and and you don't have the travel time. Um, uh, I know I know uh, uh, when we go to houses, sometimes uh, parents will cook for us or have food for us. Uh, I know when recruits come to our house, you got to clean the house and then you got to do dishes when they leave and all that. So, I mean, really it, it does, it does cut down on a lot of time. The, 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 so that's a benefit. You get your work done quicker. The thing that's not uh, uh, as beneficial is uh, when you're in someone's home, you really get a chance to know them a little bit better than you do over zoom. But uh, I think every, every coach uh, learned a lot more technology wise, especially us older coaches, you know, Usually the younger you are, the better you are with technology. Um, but but we learned a lot during this pandemic. Did you ever like sit back at any point, especially like during that time at home and think about losing the tournament and just like how much that hurt? I mean, I, I think again, it was it was it was such a big thing to lose. And and we learned a lot about the finances of athletic departments, right? And just how much was at stake and how important this event is to so many people in college athletics. Um, but like you were saying, I mean, to, to be poised to do something that the program had never done and to not have that, like, did, did you reflect on that? Like, what, what, what did you think about that as you were kind of like in that middle period before you could kind of really gear up for this season? In 2010, we went to the Elite Eight, lost to Duke, who won it all. In 2012, we went to the Elite Eight, lost to Kentucky, who won it all. So those, those two years, you had chances to win it all. In 2017, we were ranked number one. And we lost to South Carolina in the Sweet 16, who went went on to uh, um, make it to a Final Four. 
and, and, and there's been a couple other sweet 16 runs we had where we lost to Wisconsin, went to the final four. So, I mean, we've been knocking on the door, but never have we gone into a tournament where you had a chance to be a number one seed. And realistically, you're, you're one of three or four schools favored to win it all. And uh, especially with our seniors that uh, didn't get a chance to uh, um, have that opportunity. Uh, Freddie Gillespie, it's well-documented, was a Division three player, played, I think, 16 minutes his first year Division three. walked on for us. And, I mean, he was – the excitement uh, for him to play in that this NCAA tournament, that was big. Devontae Bandu uh, was a junior college player. He was so excited for – opportunity to really contribute in the NCAA tournament and those guys didn't have that opportunity and when you think back on that where dang we could have won it and they could have had a chance because when you grow up if you dream of college basketball you dream of the NCAA tournament and that's when your heart goes out to, to people and that's where for us it's a blessing we had so many people return this year that will have that opportunity and uh, I, I can tell you when, when when we got back in July one thing I think every coach will tell you to a man our student athletes really appreciated every opportunity they had and us coaches appreciated the gym being open basketballs. I mean, an opportunity to practice. Um, sometimes when you're, when those things are taken away, you just appreciate them that much more. Did that help when, when you're walking into an environment where there's all these protocols and rules and, and you're basically asking these players to do virtual school or, or, you know, distance classes, whatever it is, go to practice and then stay away from each other, like stay away from all the part of the college experience. That's the good stuff, right? Like getting to know people and meeting people. Um, did, do you think that just having it been taken away helped at all with just how challenging that environment became? Most definitely from the standpoint, uh, uh, like when we were allowed to have our guys in the gym, they would just stay in the gym because it was, it's hard to get in a gym when during the pandemic, when, when places were closed and maybe you could get in for an hour or a half hour, but the fact that you could get in a gym and get shots up or work out. Uh, and then, and then I think you look at the season when you lose games or you're on pause and games are canceled. Uh, it's a lot easier to motivate uh, players to play and, and coaches. I mean, we're a lot more energized and motivated when, uh, uh, each and every opportunity to play is truly a blessing. And again, until it's taken away, uh, you just take things for granted in life. Um, I mean, if your car is broken down and you got to walk to work, all of a sudden you really appreciate that car, you know, or you got to find a ride and you're like, man, it is such a blessing to have a car. And, and I think with, with basketball, um, colleges and, and athletics has done such a great job in providing every resource necessary uh, for college athletes to be successful. And when you don't have those, um, all of a sudden you just appreciate everything that much more. And that's uh, top to bottom in the athletic department. So when you have so many guys coming back, um, coming off of a season that you had, at what point do you realize like, Hey, I've got a, another team that could, that could win it all. Like the, the pieces are here. Did you know that before you even returned to practice? Well, you, you always know best case, worst case, you know, you're projected. A lot of people had us top five. But at the same time, you never know how things are going to work out because you don't know the chemistry. You don't know if it's going to be a, how the player leadership's going to be. You don't know about injuries. I mean, uh, um, you take anybody. If LeBron James goes out at the beginning of the year with an ACL, that changes the Lakers' uh, uh, season, you know. And um, so we've stayed injury-free. Uh, we've had great player leadership. We've had great chemistry, and hence we've had a great year. 
when you went on a pause really late in the regular season, um, and, and it was a pause. So, so let's just start with this. So pause became part of our vernacular, I think because yeah. of college <laughs> basketball, I'm pretty sure that's right. where it was invented. Yeah. And it kind of ended up covering teams that were the other team had canceled on them. It, or like in Michigan's case, Michigan had like a city, a county ordinance, and they weren't allowed to play. You guys went on a pause and had cases. And I'm wondering what that's like when, you know, obviously this is a virus, you don't know how it's going to affect your body, but we do know it affects lungs, it affects hearts, right? Like there's going to be a period of time for teams that do deal with actual cases where you kind of got to get your legs back and and kind of get get back into shape. But when everyone, when you were actually paused and dealing with it, um, is it scary? You know, like, like what, what are those days like when you're kind of just trying to see what, what it's going to be like? Yeah, good question. And and uh, with us, the the last pause we went on was a three week pause. And right away, what 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 you want to do as a head coach is make sure that everybody that um, does have COVID is okay and that the symptoms aren't severe. And then the next thing is for those that are out with contact tracing, what are they able to do? Um, in most cases, they're able to work out uh, by themselves with a coach that's had COVID on uh, one side of the gym and. Um, then you, then, uh, you put together a regimen or routine for them, um, with us, uh, as you said, there are three different types of pauses. And, uh, one is if it's the other, other team and you're able to have your full team practice, those don't affect you nearly as much as if your team's out with contact tracing, the only thing you can do is individual workouts because the game is played five on five, but still that one's not nearly as severe as if you have people that uh, have COVID. From the standpoint, at the end of the day, no matter what you do in athletics, in, 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 if you take three weeks where you're not getting better as a team, you're not conditioning, you're not practicing, and then all of a sudden you come back and you practice on Sunday and Monday and you play Tuesday, doesn't matter what sport, that's really hard to do. And most coaches, what I try to do was talk to the coaches that have gone through a similar pause to us. And most of them said it takes four games, which usually takes two weeks, two games a week, plus practices. And on that fourth game, uh, after that, your team's back to normal. So going into our situation, I knew it was going to be hard on the guys. And we only lost one game and shows you their toughness. Were you bummed to, to lose an undefeated season that way? Or at that point, you're just like, we just got to yeah. get back to full strength. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, we, as a head coach, you 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 don't even dream really of an undefeated season anymore because no one's had one since 75, 76. And with parity in college basketball, I mean, it's hard to win multiple games in a row, especially in a power five league where each and every night is such a battle and grind. And um, when we went on our pause, we were playing our best basketball and won a great game at Texas. And, and, you know, at that point for the first time, because we were going to be favored in the remaining of the games. And at the first time, a lot of people said, man, you can go undefeated. And, uh, it, 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 you don't have a lot of opportunities where you can win a national championship, let alone go undefeated. So uh, was I bummed when we lost? Yeah, I was bummed. But at the same time, you're like, uh, you want to win a conference championship and you, there's no guarantee you're going to come back and, and get that. So uh, we were just trying to control what we can control and, and, and win as many games because we were playing a lot of games in a short period of time. Obviously you've been in, in the big 12 a long time and 
you know, you, you were there for, you know, death taxes and Kansas winning the big 12. <laughs> what has it meant to get Baylor to that point? Cause his, you know, every coach uses conference championships as motivations. And usually, mm-hmm. you know, in a power five league, if you're contending, like you're going to be in a really good position nationally, mm-hmm. but what did it mean to break through that when, when you did it for the first time? Well, it, it, it meant a lot to uh, um, our past players that have helped build to this point. Uh, it meant a lot to our, our alumni and fans. I mean, we haven't had a championship since 1950, never won a Big 12 championship. So 71 years is a long drought. And I know we've been pacing ourselves, but uh, uh, I can tell you the celebration was uh, uh, definitely uh, uh, one of those special moments I'll never forget in coaching and uh, uh, to win and clinch it at uh, West Virginia with Coach Huggins, uh, who, who's a Hall of Fame coach and always does a phenomenal job. Uh, the excitement to see our guys and uh, all our past players had when we were able to reach that uh, um, pinnacle of knowing that we won the first Big 12 championship. And uh, again, coach is coach because you you want to help others. And when you see others reach their goals, you see their excitement, makes it all worthwhile. Uh, and, and again, uh, the Big 12, uh, six out of the last seven years, been the top ranked conference in the country. There are no easy nights. And we've been second numerous times. Three times we've been second in my 18 years, and it's it, there's a big difference second and first. Second, there's no celebration or cheering. First, it's a, it's it's complete joy. So um, that to be able to enjoy it with the guys was a special moment. Was that something? I mean, and you take over the program when you did. It, it's funny to hear people kind of still referring to it as a like a rebuild, right? They're like, oh yeah, Scott Drew rebuilding. It's like, well, it's been 18 years, but <laughs> I mean, I do think people forget the situation you inherited and just how much you did have to build, um, you know, like what, what, when you take that job, those early years, like, and you're, you're trying to envision how to, how to build these things. Is it how you envisioned? Did it take, <laughs> like, did the steps, did they go the way that you thought you were going no, to have to take thought, them? No, we thought we'd get to the, get to this point a lot quicker, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, when you, when you first take over a job, there's so much work to do that you, you really, if you, you spend too much time uh, thinking about the past or the future, you don't go anywhere. And uh, we, we had the first couple of years just put together scholarship teams and be able to become competitive and um, to see that, that because people believed in uh, the vision of Baylor basketball and what it could become and uh, they put in the time and the effort to help build this. You want to make sure they remember they're appreciated and they're a part of this because without them, we wouldn't be where we're at uh, um, for the last decade or so. And uh, again, uh, we're still the only team that's ever gone through a half a season where you don't play a non-conference and then you play a conference season. And uh, now we've also gone through a pandemic like everybody else. And uh, uh, I think uh, uh, as a coach, you learn from your experiences and uh, you're also blessed by uh, uh, what you learn. And um, Coaches across the country this year will tell you the student athletes have just been phenomenal and what they've sacrificced uh, for the games and sports that they love. Um, uh, it's truly remarkable. And in the coaching fraternity, I, I never been more proud to be a coach to see coaches work together to schedule games because they knew how much young people wanted to play. And even though in the past scheduling is uh, like going to the uh, dentist's office, it's not fun and normally it's real real time consuming and tedious and and painful because nobody wants to play anybody and, and and coaches just work together to get games so that student athletes could compete. And I just love that. 
Is, is that stressful or like exhilarating when games are trying to get put together on a couple of days notice? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a, a football game get put together on two days notice. Basketball has <laughs> been all over the map and the rescheduling. I mean, obviously you guys want to scout and, and prepare for your opponents, but is, is there a little bit of fun where you just kind of throw it together and, and or talk about throwing it together? Well, I, I, I can tell you the frustrating thing is I think our GAs and assistant coaches that put together all these scouting reports that never get used, they're probably not as <laughs> enamored by it. But uh, uh, one thing is, one, it's amazing when you come down and say, hey, we're playing so-and-so tomorrow. And the guys are like, first of all, as long as you're playing, they're really excited. And no matter who you say, they're really excited. So, uh, and, and by the way, we, the GAs and assistant coaches probably scouted more games this year than they've ever scouted in their life because more games were talked about being played or scheduled and then not played. So uh, they, their basketball IQ really went up this year. What do you think? You mentioned what coaches have gone through and what players have gone through to get to this point. We're recording this the NCAA tournaments about to actually get played. Like, have you, have you reflected on that, that, that you did get to that point this year that these players are going to get that opportunity and it you know just how much work went into setting that up in the first place to be at this point well I think the NCA and Dan Gavitt deserve a lot of credit because uh, um, what they put together to make sure we have this tournament uh, um, we're all very appreciative and uh, I I bet you uh, uh, more uh, student athletes will be more nervous for this NCA tournament than ever before because uh, uh, the excitement going into this, especially for student athletes that have waited two years now for this. And I can only imagine what it's like for the Olympics where you wait four yeah. years for that opportunity. Um, that's, that's, you, you really appreciate what they go through. Yeah, well, and we can plug that. We do have conversations with some Olympic coaches later oh. on in this series mm-hmm. um, about being on that four-year calendar. Um, so b- before we let you go, my last question is just having gone through the last 12 months, what did you learn about yourself as a coach, as, as a person? Again, this is like once in a hundred years. So I'm sure every single person has been affected by it differently, but I I'm wondering like what you kind of take away from your own personal experience over 12 months as a coach. The one appreciative of the family time that, that, I, that I've been given, um, Two, uh, just the resilience uh, uh, of humanity and just like the basketball fraternity working together to um, make make games and, and dreams for young people reality. And then also just uh, inspired by the future generations of what these young young people will do and sacrifice and, and how determined they are to be successful. And um, again, they, they, uh, the future leadership of this country is in, in, in a great place in my opinion. That was my conversation with Baylor men's basketball coach, Scott Drew. You can find every episode of Coach's Clubhouse on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next Wednesday. SiriusXM Podcasts.